Hi, I'm Tom Hansen. And I'm Kat Hansen. In 2014, our son Harding was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And since then, we have experienced the ups and downs that come along with being a CHD parent. In this podcast, we share some of the lessons we've learned along the way and the things we wish we knew at the start of our journey. In each episode, we also chat with CHD experts to get their stories of hope, encouraging insights, and valuable resources to give parents like us the right help at the right time. This is the Hope and Courage Podcast. The next CHD parenting profile is S, the supporter. And that is me. There you go. <laughs> I have a feeling maybe a lot of CHD moms are going to identify with this one. Um, but in general, here's what a supporter is. A supporter is someone who's likely very empathetic and easygoing. Um, they're very outwardly affectionate. Um, they like to be helpful. Um, they find creative solutions to problems and they really enjoy the uniqueness in other people. Um, and alone time tends to energize you and you, and, but you also love spending, you know, that one-on-one time with people. Um, so that, that is in a nutshell, a performer, your, your strengths are going to be that you're a good listener. You're introspective, you know, you're, you're self-aware, um, you're caring and supportive, you're intuitive, you know, you've, um, you, you tend to get a sense when things are going wrong or when things are going well or when somebody needs you and, or how somebody's feeling. Um, and you work great on a team, you know, every team needs a supporter or there's no team. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely something that you've brought to our family mm-hmm. empathy you, is my number one strength and strength finder <laughs> yeah you know it's like to be a chd parent you have real needs and you have real struggles that you're going through mm-hmm. and I think some of these other pro- personality types have a tendency to minimize them to others and going like yeah but it's okay we got it you know like yeah it's really mm-hmm. tough but we got it we're okay and I think you have been someone in our family that just says at times, we're not okay. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really hard. We yes. need help. Yeah. And, you know, when I look back to these wonderful moments of our community stepping in and helping us and getting involved in our lives and mm-hmm. offering meals or support or babysitting and all these wonderful things that really came from your willingness to be vulnerable and to share with people exactly what was going on with us. Right. You know, as a supporter and someone who's going to have a lot of empathy, you, what empathizers do is not only can they sense the emotions of others, they deeply feel the emotions of others. If you're sad, Tom, I don't just know that you're sad. I feel your sadness. In addition to my own, right? Yeah. And so what's happening in those times of, like, serious hardship with your CHD family, the supporter is going to be taking on everyone's emotions in the family, right? And that's what I experienced. I was taking on your emotions, Harding's emotions, Audrey's emotions, my own. And, yeah, it was too much. And it drove me to ask for help because I... I, deeply felt what everyone was feeling and I knew that we needed that extra help. Along with the strengths come setbacks, right? So some of our setbacks as supporters are we 
tend to feel really intense feelings and we can sometimes let those feelings decide, make the decisions for us and decide what our actions or thoughts or uh, words are going to be. Um, we can feel paralyzed by decision making, you know, because we can really feel the weight of that decision in the CHD world. There's a lot of big decisions to make uh, and that can feel overwhelming. Um, you can, because you're feeling all the emotions of other people in addition to your own, when someone asks how you're doing, <laughs> you can tend to overwhelm them with your emotions. You know, someone who doesn't like feeling emotions, like maybe a performer <laughs> who doesn't like feeling negative emotions, um, is going to have a hard time hearing all the emotions of a supporter, right? That's definitely something we've run into. Yeah. Um, they're going to be more passive, right? They're going to be someone who's like, just go with the flow. Yep. Whatever you want to do. I'm good with that. They don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Um, and another thing is that they can dismiss the superficiality in others. So what that means is they don't like just like the, um, Hey, how's the weather today? Oh, great. Or, Hey, how are you today? Good. Like we don't like that, those kind of conversations. We really want to get into deep conversations, deep connections with others. These are typically um, supporters are seen as the nice parent mm -hmm. and they usually provide that physical and emotional support for the child, um, even at their own expense. Right. You know, they would sacrifice their, their own comfort or needs to um, support their child. Mm -hmm. They're really, they enjoy a lot of intimacy and connection, that one-on-one -on -one time with your kids. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, and, and you know, what's a great thing about, what's a great aspect of, of being a supporter is that you are a safe place for people to come to you with their emotions uh, and especially your CHD child. You know, you are a safe place for them to cry and to feel the pain uh, and to share what they're feeling. And that is something your CHD child definitely needs. You know, they need someone who is emotionally supportive of them in addition to being physically supportive. All of those emotions and that, um, that empathy can take a toll on you. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so how have you experienced that? Yeah, so so one of the things that's, you know, a unique struggle for me as a supporter and, and, and probably for the other supporters out there listening is that we may struggle with depression. You know, we feel intensely, you know, deep feelings and and sometimes that can lead us to a dark place. You know, for me, I I do things to manage that depression. I take medication, I exercise, I talk to professionals, you know, I try to take care of myself. And if you're someone out there who's struggling with depression, please, please, please reach out for help. You know, go see your doctor, talk about the different things you can do to help manage your depression, especially if you're a CHD parent and you're in the midst of something that is so triggering for that depression. Yeah, so I think the adverse message that a supporter is probably going to possibly share with their child is that it's... It's not okay for them to have their own needs to assert themselves or to be inauthentic. So what that means is like, because you are communicating through your actions that like, oh, I'm not going to take care of my needs. I'm just going to take care of everybody else's needs. Your child's going to see that, you know, and so they're maybe going to mimic that and think, okay, well, I 
can't take care of myself. I got to take care of everybody around me. Right. Um, if they see you being passive and they, and they, um, they may take that on as well. Um, and because we long for that awesome authenticity in our relationships, um, your child might think that it's not okay to be inauthentic, that it's not okay to have surface level relationships when it is okay. Yeah. And I think also one of the challenges is there's, there's a lot of situations in a CHD parent's life that they, you just have to weigh the data and the outcomes. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's an objective need sometimes just to look at situations, whether it's with your child or with their care. Mm -hmm. And it sometimes can be hard to distance yourself from those emotions, but you just have to know when, when are times when you need to more or less, okay, I have to kind of rise above those emotions and just kind of march forward with what needs to be done or what needs to be decided right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There were definitely days when we were in the thick of it with Harding and I would be feeling the weight of it all. And I just did not want to go up to the hospital. Right. And I didn't want to have to go through another day of watching him struggle. Right. Um, but because I knew what the situation required of me, I was able to, you know, let those emotions take a back seat and do what I needed to do. And and I think that that's something that everyone who's a supporter is going to have to face at one time or another. Mm-hmm. So the permissions that a supporter has is that, hey, it's okay. You have the permission to share your needs with people, right? Um, I, you know, we just talked about how I shared our family's needs with, with other people. Um, you are important as a CHD parent, your well-being is just as important as your child's well-being and let people take care of you, you know, but they're not mind readers. <laughs> you're you're going to have to give them some things that they can do to help take care of you, whether that's just coming over to babysit so you can get some time to, you know, go work out or go spend time with friends or whatever it is. Let people know what you need. Um, another thing is, you know, when you're expressing your emotions, cause there are going to be times when you're going to be sad in front of your kids. It's just going to happen. And kids can get really kind of intimidated by that, scared by that. If they see you crying, just make sure that you communicate to them that everything's okay. That, yeah, mom's sad right now, but I just need a minute to feel sad and everything, everything's going to be okay, you know, and, um, there's nothing to be scared about. I just need to, I just, you know, need some time to myself. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things that you do bring to our family. And I think that supporters do bring is to, especially as Harding gets older, you know, he's expressing emotions and needs help doing so. Harding has a lot of emotions. (laughs) I mean, Harding, is an emotional kid. Every kid is emotional. And mm-hmm. it strikes me so often that it's not a logical argument. Like, Harding, no. why are you mad? Why are you frustrated? And it's <laughs> like, but you know that doesn't make any sense. You know, there's no reasoning with him. It's like what right. he really needs is just someone to understand and someone to make him feel safe and that he belongs. Yeah. Just yesterday, he was having an emotional moment. And 
I just sat on the couch with him and let him tell me everything that was making him sad. I didn't try to fix it. I just said, yeah, I understand. That's hard. That's tough. And then when I felt like it was time, I just said, okay, well, let's find something to do that's going to make us happy, you know? Um, so uh, that's definitely a, a strength that I feel like I have and I'm, and I'm thankful for. Uh, and to all you supporters out there, I love you. Your family needs you. You are a great asset. Okay, so we want to talk about the last profile, the researcher. The researcher. researcher. These people, I love them. Yes, we are not them, but we love them. We do. Yes. (laughs) I wish I was more like a researcher. So if you're a researcher, you're likely a very objective person. You like to be prepared for any circumstance that might happen. And you have a lot of love for knowledge and learning. You are independent and you value teaching others how to do things. Yes. And so your strengths are you're knowledgeable even-tempered, responsible, wise, and a big-picture thinker. I have a friend, we both know and love him, who I would label as a researcher. You know, he loves to know a little bit of something about everything, and he's really good at everything (laughs) because Mm -hmm. he knows so much about everything there is. Uh, And having a researcher as a CHD parent, this person is going to know all the ins and outs of CHD. They're going to know everything there is to know about their child's diagnosis. They might be the one, you know, falling into traps on the internet of just diving a little bit too deep and seeing the scary stuff. But, like, they are definitely the person who um, is going to be responsible with the task in front of them. Yeah, they're the ones that on the group project in college uh, did everyone else's homework to get the project done. (laughs) That's right. They did all the work. That's right. Like, that's this person. And when you become that CHD parent, yeah, there's there's a lot of homework to get done. Yes. And a lot of data and tracking and, and lots of research you can be doing online. And that can bring a lot of benefits to your family for sure this is the person who's gonna like find all the unique maybe like grants that you can get to help you pay for your medical bills or something (laughs) yeah exactly yeah this is so you uh uh, researchers out there share your work with others you know like we want to be on your uh college group project where you're doing the homework and that we can uh, benefit from it Every every researcher listening to this is like cringing and having like people like oh I hate those people <laughs> they ruined my my life and no we're not trying to be those people for you we're just we're just having some fun you know just, just... and that is where our microphone stopped working that day <laughs> I'm so sorry about that but it's me Kat I'm here to finish the discussion about the researcher. Um, unfortunately, Tom couldn't be here today to help me finish it up, but it's okay. We don't have too much more to cover here. But the next thing to talk about with the researcher are um, their setbacks. So the setbacks for the researcher are they're a little bit skeptical. Sometimes they think logic or knowledge are more important than feelings. That's not to say that they're unfeeling at all. That's more to say that they really value logic and knowledge, and that's what makes them feel safe uh is staying in that space so the other thing is they can be 
a little motivated out of fear because they know so much they know what there is to be afraid of right so they can be a little bit more motivated out of fear they might be overly cautious they might be a little bit more introverted or resigned from others that's not to say again that they don't like people or like being around people but if you're introverted like i am your energy is kind of zapped from being around people i love being around people but uh, my energy gets zapped so i need time to myself to re-energize and so if we consistently act out of our setback behaviors you know chd parents are in a state of kind of chronic stress there may be seasons where that stress kind of comes and goes but it's not like regular stress you know with normal parenthood there are lots of things that you stress about um but with when you're a medical parent and you have a child that has a disease uh your stress gets taken to another level in elongated i feel like so when we act consistently out of our setback behaviors we may be sending our chd child an adverse message and for researchers that message might be it's not okay to be illogical or not be knowledgeable a researcher probably you know you probably feel safe with logic and knowledge and wisdom and that's totally fine but not everybody feels safe when they have logic and knowledge and wisdom right it may be overwhelming for them and so if you're sitting in a tough moment with your CHD child and you're trying to fix their problem or make them feel better by giving them more information or logic or knowledge, it may, it might not work. And that's okay. You know, it's okay for them to be in their feelings and you'll have to challenge yourself as a CHD parent to sit with them in their feelings, uh, and not try to fix it with logic. Right. Um, there is definitely a time and place, just like with performers, you know, there's a time and a place for that positivity that they bring. And there's definitely a time and place for that, that knowledge and that wisdom where it's extremely beneficial for the situation and for the people in that situation. So part of being a researcher is having the discernment to know like, okay, when is it appropriate? When is it actually helping others? For me to share all this and when is it not when is it overwhelming for them so let's move on to the chd parenting style of a researcher they're often seen as the helicopter parent now let me insert something here our culture has kind of said helicopter parenting is a negative thing right we did not write helicopter parent in this um, results page to be a negative thing it just describes how you're parenting and it's not a positive or a negative thing it's just a part of who you are so i hope none of you read that and saw it as like a judgment call or anything like that you are just someone who's going to worry more about things when it comes to your children you and you want to prevent them from having any hardship or pain maybe you have a hard time trusting others with your child because you're worried about your child researchers you would do anything for your child and that is an amazing quality you seek to give them the best available of everything the best of yourself the best of you know food and clothing and gear and you know everything <laughs> everything there is out there you want to give them the best of everything and you 
do everything you can to make that possible. So as a researcher, you may have some unique challenges on the CHD journey. You're exhausted probably from constantly adapting to changes and new circumstances that come along with your child's healthcare. In our book, we talk about how we always have to adapt to a new normal. Um, and I would think that that is probably really challenging for a researcher to constantly have to do that must feel really draining. You may struggle with like emotionally charged situations. Like when you have to talk about your child's CHD with someone and you can see that they're getting emotional and you may be able to stay there in that moment, but it's going to be something that's challenging for you and it's draining for you. You might struggle when you're your partner, if you have one, or the medical staff are questioning your ideas or opinions uh, on your child's health care, mostly because you feel like you've done all the research and you know all the things, right? And I, it's not because you think you know it all or anything like that. It's because your opinions are really well thought out, right? And if you feel like someone's not valuing that or they um, present something that's very different from that, that might be hard for you to accept. It's uncomfortable when you have to make a decision about your child's health care when there is very little knowledge or information. So sometimes when you have a child with CHD, you get presented with a situation where, you know, maybe they have a side effect that is uncommon and the doctor's aren't totally familiar with how to proceed with that side effect, how to, the best way to help it. Um, and, and, and maybe there's no research for you to do because there's not a lot of information out there about it, but you still have to make a decision, right? So that's going to be a situation that's tough for you. I, I would say it's tough for any parent, but especially for you as a researcher, uh, with our son Harding, he ended up getting diaphragmatic paralysis after his Glenn, which is, we've come to learn that it's more common at other hospitals, but at Cincinnati Children's, it was the first time that it had ever happened for Harding's surgeon. And so they weren't, they had a couple options for how to proceed, but they, you know, they were kind of shrugging their shoulders a little bit like, well, we could try these things and hope for the best. And that was definitely a hard situation for Tom and I to be in. But I can't imagine if I were a researcher in that situation and be forced to make a decision that was going to affect the rest of my child's life based on, you know, very little knowledge about it. So the last thing is it might be difficult for you to reach out to others for help. It's not because researchers don't like people or anything like that. Because they feel like they have all the knowledge, they might feel equipped to handle all the situations, right? And it might be a little hard for them to reach out or to trust others to get things done the way that they would be able to get things done, right? I just encourage you to, even if you struggle with reaching out for help, just know that people want to help you. You know, there are people in your life who love you, who want to be there for you and provide for you and your family's needs. So definitely challenge yourself to, to reach out for help. And then the last thing is permissions to give yourself as a researcher. You can give yourself the permission to trust yourself and others more often. You can have more fun 
even in the midst of the CHD battle, you know, look for those opportunities where, you know, maybe things are a little more peaceful and take your family out to see a movie or to go to the lake or, or whatever it is that your family enjoys doing, go and take the opportunity to make those memories. Um, and I think sometimes when we're in those peaceful seasons, we are just so tired and we're just trying to rest and, and we forget to go have fun or we are just so fearful about what's coming next down the road that we forget to have fun, right? So definitely try to look for and take those opportunities to have fun with your family. Practice balancing your fears about CHD with, you know, realistic positivity. Things may not turn out exactly how we want them to, but there is still hope and there is, are still good things to look forward to. And if you need someone who's a more positive influence in your life, reach out to that person more often, you know, or, or find that influencer on Instagram who radiates positivity, things like that, that can just kind of have a influence on us to help us have a little bit more hope. Do research on the different tools you can use to help manage your anxiety, to help manage those fears, right? My mom actually gave me this tool. It's called square breathing. I'm not sure if anyone's ever heard of it, but it's basically deep, slow breathing. And you kind of close your eyes and you picture yourself drawing a side of a square with each breath intake and output. So you take a deep breath in and you draw a line of the square. You blow that breath out, you draw another line of the square. And you just keep doing that. You keep drawing the square over and over again. And as you take those deep breaths in and out, you're picturing the the color you're using to draw the square is a peaceful color, one of your favorite colors. For me, it's a blue color. And then also, as you're taking those deep breaths, you're thinking or saying positive affirmations like, I am okay. Things are going to be okay. My child's okay. I am brave. I am strong. I can do this. You know, things like that. That is a tool that I use that I really like. So hopefully maybe you can use it too. You can work on growing social skills and like especially reaching out to others for help. Even if it feels awkward, you know, embrace the awkwardness <laughs> and just do it, you know. Uh, and you can be more open to your own and others' emotional needs in the midst of the hardship. Emotions <laughs> are, are a tough thing, aren't they? It's like you, you can't ignore them, otherwise they just become overwhelming at some point. But at the same time, when you acknowledge them, it feels scary, right? And it feels like unstable. But... It's important to do that emotional work so that we can be more healthy, so that we can be more present uh, as a CHD parent. Um, because if you're taking care of yourself, and that includes your emotional health, you are going to be a better CHD parent for your CHD child and their siblings if they have any. So yeah, we're all different people, right? And we all have different strengths and setbacks. But I think what we all have in common as CHD parents is our love for our children and our resilience, our ability to do hard things. And guys, you are doing some of the hardest work there is. And I just want you to know that 
we see you. We love you. We're here for you. That is it, guys. We did it. We covered all the personalities. I apologize again for Tom not being here. I'm sure he would have had some great information to share with you as well. But hopefully this deep dive into the personality profiles has been helpful for you guys. If you have any questions uh, or you want any other further information, please reach out to us. You can DM us on Instagram uh, or you can email us at tomacathanson at gmail.com. If you haven't gotten a chance for whatever reason to take our CHD parent profile assessment, please go to tomacathanson.com. On our homepage there, you'll see a link to download the test. Uh, And when you download that test, you'll also get the explanations of all of the profiles. So that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. In addition to this podcast, we have lots of other resources to help support, encourage, and equip CHD parents. These can all be found at TomandCatHanson.com. The one we are most excited about is our book. Yes, we've written a book. It's called Hope and Courage, Real Life Lessons from the Parents of a Child with Congenital Heart Disease. It's a must read for CHD parents because it gives you a story that only you can relate to and valuable insights you need to live a happy and fulfilling life. It's almost ready and you can sign up now on our website to join our mailing list to be the first notified when it's ready to be purchased. While you wait, we'll go ahead and send you a free resource, Top 10 Tips for CHD Parents, which you will love. You can follow us at Tom and Kat Hansen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps this project grow. With that, we'll talk to you next time.